believe rather that repenting unlocks the door to love again, but that's not the story that Jesus tells. The story that Jesus tells in Luke 15 is a story whereby first the son is embraced, and in that place of embrace, we're able to repent. So the first thing that happens is the father goes out, reassures him of his love, and then the son brings his apology. So there's this sense of what admitting, believing, confessing, deciding do do is allow you to grow, but they've nothing to do with being loved. You are already in the arms of Father before you have said sorry. You're already in his arms. So I want to go back to the 1st of January 2021. Now this is not this is what Paul said. During this next year, this is January 21, I believe that each one of us will have to enter into rest in a whole new dimension. Without the ability to rest in the spirit, the things which are going to happen are many shocking things, both good shocking and bad shocking, but ultimately I believe good in the long term, we will find ourselves shaken like never before. Things will not just put themselves right, that's a deception, a lie. You have to wake up, stand up, speak up and live. At the same time, you have to learn to rest. So... January 21, nearly three years ago now, that was the first time that Paul kind of really shared about this whole thing about rest. And of course, since that time, the majority of, of all the things we've shared has been around rest, what it means, what it looks like. Uh, that's been the theme that's run through the last three years of what we've been doing. But in the midst of all that, there were some other things that I sensed Jesus was saying, because a few weeks after Paul's word, I shared how I sensed we were in an embryonic season where God was birthing some new things within us. And I suggested then that perhaps we're in the first trimester of pregnancy with uh, some people individually coming into something new. And we've, we've seen that a lot with all the babies, and we keep seeing it. But I remember having this strong sense that God was birthing something within us. So this is January 21. And I said this in January 21. We are a family, and God does things in families. There are things he is wanting to birth within our family for the advancement of his kingdom and for the benefit and blessing of our family. As a family, it's important we pray protection over all that is in the womb of God because there is a fight for these spiritual embryos. The things that have been birthed have been battled over and fought over because they will advance the kingdom in individual lives in their corporate ways. And if you were part of our prayer meetings at that time, you would have heard us pray continually for many months about embryos and the protection of embryos, both in the natural and in the uh, spiritual. We spent a lot of time, a lot of time praying over it. So that was the beginning of 2021. There was this sense that learning to rest was absolutely key and that God was birthing something new in us. And by the middle of 2021, I shared a word called the nowhere between two somewheres. Okay, so we had this phrase at the time. It's a long time ago. I don't expect you to remember it. But we had this phrase, the nowhere between two somewheres. And I don't know whether you can cast your mind back to June 2021, but it was, we were kind of coming out of COVID, but there was, it was this strange place where we were locked down, but we weren't locked down. And we were pretty much all of it has taken place in different ways. Now, I'm not sharing this just to tell you that I were right. I'm sharing it because it's going somewhere, okay? Um, but it's really interesting to just, I, I really want to, you know, sometimes we kind of, there's different altitudes you can teach at. Okay, so you can teach at like ground level where you're really hitting some practical stuff, but you can teach at like 30,000 feet as well. And you can give people an overview of what's going on at a much higher level. And that's my heart this morning. I want to show you 
where we've come from and not necessarily where we're going, but where I think we're at in the process of what we've talked about for a number of months over a number of years. And I think it'll be helpful for many of you. Because when I shared those thoughts originally, I was quite focused on what that might mean for us individually. But as I've reflected, I've come to see that although that may be true, there's something even deeper happening corporately. There's something even deeper going on corporately. And of course, you might not see it or be aware of it, and very often we're kind of, it's my job to think about it corporately. Uh, so most of us don't see it, but this is, this is where I think we're at. You see, when a couple have been trying to conceive and they found out they're pregnant, uh, and the, the, it's something they've been wanting, there's a lot of excitement around it, they can't wait to tell everybody, these people get new roles, suddenly there are new grandparents and cousins and nieces and nephews and all that. And if it's something that's been desired, it's very exciting. But there is a season in a pregnancy where the excitement dies down a little bit. And back in June 2021, I suggested that if we were in this pregnancy analogy, maybe we were in this second trimester, like three to six months, when it all kind of calms down a little bit. Because it's a bit too early to get super excited about it, but it's also the initial excitement's gone. So you're in this place where um, it's just a kind of, it's like a lull in the middle, if you like, in three to six months. Because... Of course, baby's growing and maybe it's kicking a little bit, but it's like, it's a bit of a far way off before it's going to arrive and the excitement of knowing it's coming is there, but there's this kind of lull. And so, in January 21, I felt like we were in like the second trimester. The initial excitement had worn off and it felt a bit too soon to get excited about having an actual baby, but there's this lull. And at the time, I reminded us that if we inherit the promises through faith and patience. And that if God has started something, God will bring it to completion. If God has birthed something, it will come to full term. But here's the thing. When you have a baby in the natural, there's a pretty set gestational period. You know that 270 days, give or take a few, this baby is going to arrive. But in the spirit, there is no such certainty. In the animal kingdom, an African elephant carries their young for 645 days. At least she gets some use out of maternity clothes. <laughs> a giraffe averages 435 days. A kangaroo, 42 days. And a lion, 108 days. So creation tells you that there's all these different gestational periods that when something's born and comes, comes into the earth anew, there's all these different periods. Sometimes a kangaroo, like 42 days, like flipping egg. It's not long to get the nursery ready, is it? I suppose it's all fully built, isn't it, for a kangaroo? It's just there, like, don't need to get it ready. It's all there. But an elephant, I suppose it's got to grow, grow a big thing, hasn't it? So maybe that takes longer. It's also got to birth a big thing, hasn't it? But anyways, maybe that's why it takes longer. Let's not focus too much on elephants giving birth. Listen, when God is birthing something new, it will take as long as it takes for God to birth in us what he wants to birth in us. And for those things to come to pass, it will require both faith, faith and patience. But once again, we inherit the promises by faith and patience. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So back in June 2021, I suggested the critical thing was to keep journaling and being honest. Do whatever it takes to keep things before Jesus and be transparent. Go back and listen to things that have helped you and brought you strength and encouragement. Ask those you trust to pray with you and for you. Shut the door or things that do not help. Deal with the negative, whoever and whatever that is. I mean, that's still true in it all the time, but... 
But then this year, this is what Paul said at the beginning of this year. This will be the most momentous year we have seen. He said that on January the 1st, 2023. And I went, oh, I wonder what that means. It's a pretty big statement to make, isn't it? And I'm not sure in what context Paul was thinking about it, but as I've come to think about that statement, I think we will look back as a church family and it will prove to be true, which makes it really, really exciting. But this is where we're at. You see, if we go back to this sense of pregnancy, I wonder whether as a church family we are now approaching the actual birthing process of something new on the face of the earth that is going to come out of this family. I know that seems like a big thing to say, but the more I pray and pondered over it, the more I've become convinced that this is where we're at. See, I've seen four births, and everyone was painful and messy. Because they are, aren't they? Every birth is very painful and very messy. So for God to birth something new into the earth, there is going to be pain and mess. That's just how it has to happen. Because that's how life happens. The only way a new life is birthed in the earth is through pain and mess. The physical reality is also the spiritual reality. So if we have any sense of pain or mess or challenge or difficulty, perhaps that's because as a family we are birthing something new into the earth. And in fact, I would take the perhaps out of there. I am convinced that God is birthing something very new and very special into the earth through us as a family at this time. I'm absolutely convinced about it. But of course, the most painful and messy part is when the actual baby comes. It's when the baby comes. And of course, you have to live through it. You have to live through that place, which is not always easy. So, but once again though, I am absolutely convinced that what God is wanting to do through us as a family over these next weeks and months is birth something brand new into the earth. And by brand new, I mean really brand new. And I think it's really, really special. But I also recognize that at different levels, people will feel the pain of it. And it'll be most painful for those who are at the very top. Or rather, should I say, bottom. I.e. Paul. He will bear the greatest pain of it. But what will be birthed will be so utterly beautiful. And we get to be a part of it. That is incredibly special. It's incredibly special. But of course, we also have to live in it. So, how do we live in it? Well, here we go. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God 
through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. There is a keeping power of God, according to these words from Peter. And he writes that we are those who are kept by the power of God through faith. And I said last week or two weeks ago that there was a, a sense of grace available on that house. And there is. There is. And there's a keeping power of God available. Because, you know, once those labor pans start coming, that baby's coming out. And you might want to stop it, but it's coming out anyway. No matter what. And when you start that process, you're in it. Whether you want to be in it or not, whether you wish you didn't want to be in it, you're in it. And I think that's, that's maybe where we're at right now. But there is a keeping power of God available. And we're in a different place right now. Generally as a church, certainly those of you who have been in it a long time, we're in a different place right now than when we have words that bring immediate relief and breakthrough. Some of us are on a, we're all on different journeys, so for some of us that's still true and it'll still happen. But for those who have been in a while, we're in a different place where there's just going to be a word that comes and it lifts and it's, okay, no, we're in a different place right now. And that's good. You know why that's happening? Because we're growing up. Because we're growing up. That's why that's happening. We're learning perseverance and per patience and hopefully we're learning to rest in Jesus because God is wanting to do something much deeper in our actual DNA and in our hearts and he's keeping power, he's keeping us whilst the work is being done which will bring us to a whole new dimension. It will. It'll bring this house and if you are in it, it'll bring you into it, into a whole new dimension. But in order to enter into this keeping power and stay in it, there are a couple of things that are important to do. We have to get even better at reminding ourselves who we belong to and where our allegiance lies. You belong to Jesus. And you're a part of this house. And you've got each other. Then we must keep improving our ability to rest in Jesus. There is no... You realize now why Paul said it three years ago. Okay? And that for three years, Jesus had us on this journey. Okay? God knows what he is doing. He has lined it all up. Whether you've seen it or not, or whether you're just seeing it, he has lined it all up for this time. But we've got to keep improving our, wherever that is. Okay? Not asking, declaring, proclaiming. Just learn to rest in Jesus. Of course, there is a place to ask, declare, and proclaim. But there's also a place where we must learn to rest in him. To learn to be with him. But there is the keeping power of God. But you only really get to experience the keeping power of God when you learn to rest in him. And last week, Samantha said, God cares more that we make space to create. Space? She didn't say that. God cares more that we create space to create within them what we actually create. And I, I want to slightly alter that statement to say this. God cares more that we make space to be with him than what happens in that space. 
God cares more that we make space to be with him than what happens in that space. That's really what it means to rest in him. It means making some space to be with him and not being too concerned with what happens in the space. You see, we've become so infiltrated in the lie of production that our focus tends to be on what happens in the space, thinking that we must produce something and come away with something for a time of worthwhile or valuable. So the thought of sitting there with random thoughts going through our mind feels so unproductive we don't bother, or we feel so tired we think we might fall asleep we don't bother. But that's where we completely misunderstand the reality of what it means to rest with Jesus. It's got nothing to do with what happens in the time at all. Because that's the whole point of a Sabbath. You understand it's about a Sabbath rest. The whole point of Sabbath is that you do not do, you do not perform, you do not get an answer, you are not fruitful. That's the whole point of Sabbath. And I know, I know it screws with your minds. But listen, Exodus 20 verse 8 to 9. Remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath for the Lord your God. So, and Sabbath, of course, we know. It was instigated in creation. Creation instigates Sabbath. And then it's commanded, note that word, commanded. I find it fascinating that we still understand it's a commandment not to kill each other, but we don't understand it's a commandment to have a Sabbath rest. It's a commandment, is Sabbath rest. It's not a request, it's not a good idea, it's a commandment. Sabbath rest is an actual commandment of the Lord that still stands. Sabbath is about resting in God, but we seem to have forgotten that it was commanded, and we've made it something that was never intended. The context, of course, is they worked as slaves seven days a week, 365 days. The whole point is that the human being is not, not doing it. You've heard that many times, and we find it difficult. But Sabbath is meant to be a rest from doing, a rest from producing, a rest from the consumerism and the need to be fruitful and create and make something and tick something off the to-do list. And yet we sit down to rest with Jesus and still think we are trying to produce something and create something. Okay, well, you've completely misunderstood the point then. Because if you're resting with Jesus about creating something or doing something or finding something, that's exactly the thing you're not meant to be doing. Because Sabbath is about not doing those things. The whole point of resting with him is that you do not produce something. There are times when I've sat with him and I've felt like almost nothing has happened. As well as times when I heard a word, got a picture, whatever. Which are the better times? You see, see, does that mean when I I received a word or I wrote something down or he gave me a scripture or I got a picture or or is that a good time? No, no, that's my consumerist, productive, ego-driven, I want to make something happen mind that goes, oh, that was good, and when I didn't feel anything happen, that was bad. Okay, but that's not the point, though, is it? That's completely not the point. And of course, when it happens, when we have those times when we feel like nothing happens, by the way, who decides what nothing is? Who decides what nothing is? Just because you didn't feel it, sense it with your five senses, doesn't mean nothing happened, does it? But when nothing in our minds happens, when we feel like there's no connection, nothing's going on, we we go, well, what's wrong with me? Why can't I hear him? Why can't I connect? Do I have any faith at all? We go through all these questions. But actually, all those questions are based on our assumptions about what we think the outcome should be. But who said you get to determine the outcome? Who said you get to determine the outcome? 
And who says your list of what an outcome is good is right? Because if your list is, well, when I come away with something, it's been a good time, maybe that's not the criteria that God uses. But of course, we, we find it really difficult. Whoever said you get to decide what a fruitful time is, what is a fruitful time with Jesus? What is it? You see, you've got to ask yourself, because we've got answers to those questions, and then we determine whether it's good or not based on our own assumptions of what a fruitful time is. What does it mean for that, those 15 minutes, 30 minutes to be a success? What's the success criteria of my time with Jesus? You know what success criteria is? You've been present. I tried to be. That's the success criteria. But of course, it kills us. Because we're like going, oh, no, but I didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't create anything. I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. I didn't get five words, three scriptures, and four revelations. Oh, Jesus, maybe I've lost my salvation. What if the hearing of absolutely nothing is exactly the outcome Father wanted? Because he's desperate to show you the whole point of Sabbath rest is not about producing or doing or creating. What if first you have to hear nothing so you can hear something? What if first you have to hear nothing so you can chill out a little bit to hear something? What if first the whole point is you have to hear nothing so you can start to actually rest? I'm looking back now and going, Lord, I thank you for those times when I heard nothing. Because maybe you taught me something. Maybe I learned something. Okay, let's circle back to Isaiah 30. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Okay. Perhaps some of us will be strengthened when we choose to be quiet and trust that in the stillness and the quiet is working. You see... You see, I've been a birthing partner four times. It's all different. To two different women. So I've experienced birth different ways. One was a C-section, one was a water birth, two were normal birth. Normal's not a normal birth, but like, anyways, yeah, they came out naturally. But I know this. That as a birthing partner, this is what I learned. Sometimes you've got to speak and sometimes you've just got to show up and let them get on with it. <laughs> Unless you want to be injured. <laughs> so of course there's a time to speak. But there's also a time to be quiet. And if you want to help Jesus birth what he wants to birth in this house, there are times to speak and there are times to be quiet. Both are very important. But in quietness and trust is your strength. I, I sense this was really key. Strength is going to come when we choose to be quiet and trust in the stillness and the quiet he is working. There is a great, a great strength available, but it's not going to come by you doing anything other than trusting and stilling your heart and being quiet. Perhaps when we learn to trust that Sabbath rest, which is ultimately, of course, an attitude of heart, is what we need and we prioritize, we'll find the strength we're looking for. So Sabbath rest is an attitude of heart, but we develop that attitude by making the space to be with him. 
And when we do that, we must ensure we do not define by our own standards the fruitfulness or effectiveness of that time. Because if, if I want you to take away anything, it's this. God cares more that we make space to be with him than what happens in that space. He cares more that we make space to be with him than what happens in that space. Sabbath rest is an attitude of heart. But we develop the attitude of heart by making the space without predetermined ideas of what a successful time looks like. Some of you need to spend some time and write out what does a successful time with him look like? What have you thought it's meant to be? Because maybe it's not meant to be that. He asked me the scariest question he's ever asked me recently. He said, son, what does it mean to be a successful follower of mine? I haven't dared answer him yet. Because I know what the answer is. I know what the answer is. But it don't look, it don't look like anything of the world. And it don't look like much of the church. Maybe at some point I'll answer it and share it with you when you're ready to hear it. Listen. We are at a moment as a family. And I want you to see, because it's really easy. It's really easy to get caught up in the little things and the things that are annoying. Because there's tons of stuff that's annoying and frustrating about being part of this family. Don't worry, I know them all. All right? There's tons of stuff that you, you little niggly things. Okay, yeah, of course there is. It's called being a family. Happens everywhere. All right? Just get used to it. Swallow it. It's okay. That's what being a family is all about. But I, I, want, I want you to lift your eyes a little bit and go, okay. Maybe. In fact, not maybe, because... I'm not, I'm assured of it. This little house in Shipley, led by an absolutely incredible man of God, Paul, is going to birth something into the earth that is super, super special, that I'm not sure is going to be seen in many other places on the earth. But that birthing process, to do that in God, that is like no other birthing process that's gone before. And it's not just him that goes through it. We'll go through it as well. Because that's just how it is. But this is where we're at right now. And so it's really important we see it. That we're aware of it. And that we're able to Lift our eyes a little bit and go, okay, Lord, I see. Or, or if you care, that you want to see that God is doing something super special. And that we continue loving and caring and praying and protecting and all that sort of stuff. Okay? But know this. You are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed. That's the truth of where we're at right now. And in quietness and trust is strength for this time.
So if you need strength, if you need strength for anything right now, the answer is in quietness and trust. And you will be strengthened when you choose to be quiet and trust that in the stillness and the quiet, he is working. I can tell you that I have no doubt that that's true. Absolutely no doubt. But it will need that you create some space and you stop judging and beating yourself up for what happens in that space. Okay, let me just pray. Father, I want to thank you for this house. I want to thank you for all who were a part of it, physically located here, and those who were a part of it in different places who were with us online as well and with us in heart. I thank you for them all, Father. I thank you for all those who have gone before, Lord. And I thank you especially for Paul, Father. And right now, we want to bless him in the name of Jesus. We want to thank you for him and we want to bless him. And I pray, especially today, Lord, as he just enjoys time with the family and with Aurora, that there would be a particular lightness in his heart, Father. Just a lightness in his heart to just enjoy the day in Jesus' name. And Father, for all of us, wherever we find ourselves in this, whatever we understand about this, wherever we think we are in this, Father, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus, that in quietness and trust is our strength right now. And I am asking, Father, well, I'm not even asking, I'm thanking you, Lord, that as we quieten our hearts before you, and as we trust you with whatever we've got before us, with whatever those challenges are, I want to thank you that strength will come in a very special way in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that strength's available. For all those who desire to access it, it is readily available.